Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Could Jalen Hayward potentially be a UCF Knight? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I am your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, I think the saga of my recording places, my backgrounds, potentially could be stopped. Anything new? Anything different? No, it's basically the, where what it was like at my old place. So for the foreseeable future... That's how it's going to be until we can get some new Big 12 stuff in the background. But something you haven't also seen in a while, Mr. Nick Geddes is finally back on the pod. All right. Finally. It, it, it hasn't been it hasn't been that long. I mean, I miss I skipped, I think, an ep a week. I think I skipped a week. It feels like eternity <clears throat> when you're I, not on. You know, I just miss you so much well, when you're not on the podcast. They're special. They're special when I'm I'm able to come on. Softball season is over. Uh, but it begins next week, by the way. So you're right back at it. It's how these things kind of work. So I'll be doing my best from here on out. To get, I mean, when football season comes around, we're yeah. almost there. We're like a month away almost. <clears throat> when football season comes around, you'll have me for sure. Because we'll be amping up. We'll be having multiple episodes a week. I have games to break down. We can bitch and moan, whatever happens throughout the season. We'll be back. I'll be I'll be full swing during football season. And that's sure. the thing. We record so if you guys I think you guys that are loyal viewers know we record on Thursday nights to post on Friday morning. But that's terrible for Nick as he plays softball. During the football season, we don't usually record like third we usually record like Wednesday, Wednesday nights for the game that's gonna be on Saturday. And then we record that night on Saturday night to post like around Monday to get you your, your post game, whatever. So our recording schedule is going to be, I have never wanted to record two episodes a week in my life. Nick. I mean, we kind of started last season. If we started like, we're almost up on our year long anniversary. I mean, we're, we're almost there. We started like the, a couple days before the first game. And we did that. We just started two episodes a week throughout the season. And this last like six, seven months doing the one episode though. Fun. And we've grown a good audience that we we love and adore, but I I just cannot wait to do the two episodes a week again. I'm I'm pumped. I just I just I just can't wait for football season. It feels like these media days, and I know you talked a lot about them last week. There's such a yeah. tease. There's such a tease. You see Gus, you see the players, and you know, at least in my world, you know, with on three, you write a lot about it. And it's just such a tease because then it gets quiet again after media day for about, you know, two or three weeks. And then you really ramp up for game one and our first game in the big 12 as well which is right around the corner so i can't wait to get there but until then we still got recruiting to talk about sean yeah this week was kind of quiet 
It, you know, you had a couple good weeks there where there was a lot of news, a lot of recruiting. We had basically boom after boom after boom at the beginning of July. And we're, we're it's starting to slow down a little bit, but we're, we're hearing August. You know, Kylan Fox put out a tweet saying August is going to be another big month. So we're assuming a lot of big names are going to be, you know, committing or, or, or committing to the Knights. But one name, and I figured this is going to be one of the main topics and basically the main topic of today's show is Jalen Hayward. I mean, we talked about Jalen a couple, I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago. He visited UCF and posted pictures and got UCF Twitter a buzz because we were like, uh, that's one of the best players in the country visiting UCF. He was a Georgia commit at the time. And the question arose, like, could this guy potentially decommit from Georgia and could he be on the night's radar? Now, there was a couple other factors involved that I said, listen, this could be a player in play. And some people were like, listen, he's just having fun on a visit. He's just taking a visit. And some, you know what, 90% of the time, that could be true with top players like that. They just like to take the visits to take them for fun, right? But I was looking at Georgia's commits, and you can look at them now. They have like six of the top safeties committed, like six top 15 safeties committed to their class. Now, Jalen was the top safety, or not the the second top safety on their board. And I said, huh, I mean, local kid, right, right down the street, commits to Georgia, they're loaded at the safety position. UCF, though they've gone and got some DBs this class, you can automatically, you're the number five safety in the country. I mean, you'll get some PT early. So I kind of felt that there was a little bit of a chance. He's teammates with DJ McCormick at Rockledge. So I'm like, there's that kind of connection. And it seems like he really enjoyed his visit. So then we find out just a couple days ago, he decommits from Georgia. And there's some people in play, Nick, obviously, right? You've got a couple players that, that could potentially be, you know, in town for services. Colorado potentially could be one of them. Miami, but I think Miami fans are like, we have not been recruiting this kid at all he's going to UCF kind of give your thoughts on this again big time player I don't know I think he would be if I'm not mistaken because I'm thinking John Walker but I think he might be according to the 247 composite I know you're on three right but I think according to 247 composite he'd be the number one player in UCF history overtaking John Walker in just a year if he commits to the Knights, but kind of give your thoughts on, again, the overall landscape of recruiting. I know you weren't even on the the episode where there's a bunch of booms, but kind of give your take on the landscape of UCS recruiting right now and how big of a get it would be to get just a top 10 safety, but a top five safety in this 2024 class. Yeah, it's been like a boom festively. Like you said, it's lightened up here a little bit over this week, but you know, how could you complain with the output from the week prior and the week prior to that? And, and basically over the summer, it's been fantastic. And I think they hold the number two recruiting class in the big 12 right now uh, for 2024. So that's really encouraging to see for a program that just got in, obviously. And it seems like Gus Malzahn has really like, you know, ramped up the pressure on getting these guys in here and, and at least putting offers forward and, and trying to get these guys into Orlando. And in, in this case with Jalen Hayward, trying to get a guy to stay home. And you mentioned it. I mean, this is a top 100 recruit. I think he was 96 on the uh, the on three composite. And I believe, like you said, this would be the highest rated recruit in UCF history just in front of John Walker, I believe. So 
you know, what does that mean for 2024? Obviously, if he if you land him, you're probably going to get inside, you know, the top 30, which would be a really big accomplishment for your first true recruiting class for the Big 12. And that's the kind of guy that you can build a class around. I mean, having a top 100 player and you mentioned some of the the teams that are in the running, Miami being one of them. And, and like you said, though, maybe they haven't recruited him as hard, but they're definitely in the running. Florida could be another one. I mean, if you're able to land a guy like that in your backyard, a blue chip prospect, you like your kind of prospects of landing, you know, more guys that are in your backyard that are these four stars, top, you know, 150, 100 players, which is something we haven't seen this program really do before. Uh, but clearly they're in the running now. And, you know, you listen to the soundbite that he gave, I want to say it was Helwig, Brandon Helwig of, of Rivals that he gave the soundbite to. And he mentioned the word family when talking about UCF. And I always love when I hear that because, as you know, I follow Florida State pretty hard. And that's one of the words I've, I've heard that a lot thrown around that program is the family type of atmosphere. And I think you really have something as a program, especially for Gus Malzahn entering his third year when you're able to kind of build that kind of family atmosphere. So I definitely love to hear that. I mean, how he slots into the defense. Obviously, I think he's one of he's a track star, uh, would be one of the most the more faster players in the conference, super athletic. He would slot in immediately and, you know, be your most talented player on that side of the ball for years to come next to John Walker. So I love the fit. I hope they can pull it off and we can continue this kind of run of booms right now of that Gus Malzahn has going for him here in year three. No, it'd be a huge get. And I mean, John Walker last year, obviously Florida was going hard after him. And the big question was, is that NIL money at Florida going to sway John Walker to kind of pick the Gators over the Knights? And ultimately, UCF won out. This year, we've already seen a couple blue chip prospects commit to the Knights, right? There's a couple names, Nick. Now, this would be obviously the biggest one, but another reason why we think that Jalen Hayward might be a Knight is Brandon Jacob. Brandon Jacob, we kind of just assumed he was going to be a Knight, local, only 20 minutes down the road. He commits to Maryland yesterday. And a lot of people are speculating. Again, it's all speculation until proven, right? But a lot of people are speculating. The thought process around the program is Jalen Hayward is going to be a, a knight. He's probably going to be committing to the UCF. And Brand Jacob, obviously, being a top 10 safety in the class, was like, I'm going to go to Maryland, be the number one guy there. Jalen Hayward's going to be a knight. So who knows? But let's talk about a little bit of potential names. I keep mentioning Tavion Galloway, tight end. To get two top tight ends in this class would be huge for UCF, another four-star guy. Florida State guy, Nick. Uh, Lewayne McCoy, he's been kind of on the fence for Florida State for a while now. I mean, the the in all likelihood, it seems like he's going to be a guy that flips. Like, it kind of seems like Florida State has got a couple of those wide receivers in the class. He is, he was their number one receiver on the board. I think he still is. Um, he's more of an athlete. He'd be converted to a wide receiver in college. He's been closely aligned with UCF. I think it is between UCF and Miami if he were to flip. I don't know if you know much about the situation. I've been hearing it seems like it's UCF or Miami and he's going to be decommitting from Florida State at some point. Have you heard anything? What's your kind of overall temperature or take on the temperature over with Lowane McCoy at FSU? Yeah, in regards to Lowane McCoy, obviously he is committed to Florida State. Um, I believe he's a fringe top 200 player in the entire class, if I got that correct. Um, There has been a lot of heat with Miami right now. 
or smoke, I should say, around Miami. And I believe he's taking an in-season visit to Miami as well. Uh, Jojo Trader, his teammate at Miami Gardens, just committed to Miami last week and saw him post a photo of himself and Jojo on his Instagram and everything. So there seems to be some some smoke there, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he were to decommit from Florida State. And, you know, as, as you've mentioned to me before, you know, if he commits to Miami, yeah, he goes with his teammate, but he's not going to be the number one option most likely. Whereas if he comes to UCF, he'd have a much better shot of being the guy. So it really comes down to, you know, what's the priority there? Does he want to go to Miami where he's got some familiarity there? Or does he want to come to UCF and take that chance and be in a conference that might, you know, obviously it's a big offensive type conference and he'll have a chance to really show out on a team that is looking for some wide receiver depth here in the next couple seasons. So I think that's where Lewayne McCoy would kind of kind of fit in. But at the moment, it seems like if you were to pick a favorite, if you were to decommit, I think Miami's probably in the driver's seat there. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. I think a lot of these guys probably won't make a decision until right before their season starts or closer to signing day. So it'll be interesting. But I think the main important thing is that UCF is in play for a lot of these big-time guys. And you've seen it. They're going to break records this year for their 2024 recruiting class. It's going to be the best class in the program's history. And then you look till 2025, Nick. And right now, again, it's early. They're number nine in the nation for 25. They've got the running back and quarterback. And by all accounts, the things we're hearing about 25 is it's going to be bigger than 24. And we've already got some big commits lined up for 25. So, again, the Gus bus continues to roll. And Gus is doing a phenomenal job. And staff also doing a great job building that relationships and building a family-like atmosphere. Because, like you said. And I, and I, and I also love, yeah, no, you're not to cut you off, but I also love, too, that he's, you know, he's delegating this year. You know, he's taking away, he's... He's giving the uh, the play calling duties over to Darren Henshaw, obviously uh, a guy that he trusts, and we'll see if the play calling and how it looks if it looks any different than what we've seen from Gus's offense the last two years. But I like that he's delegating that. I think that's something that you're seeing a lot of coaches kind of around the country that are starting to do that, and I think it allows Gus, you know, because in the current day of college football, as you know, there's so many things that you have to navigate through and swift through, and and you know really have your attention towards. And I think by delegating some of those offensive duties, of course, Gus is going to be involved, no doubt about that. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. And he should. But by delegating just enough, especially play calling, I think that takes enough off his plate and he can really hammer the point home of recruiting. And, you know, his first press conference, I go back to it. We're going to recruit like our hair is on fire. And I think if you're a UCF fan following this program, you cannot deny that that is exactly what Gus Malzahn has been doing. It's the big four in Florida. And they even mentioned it at SEC Media Day today. They mentioned it to Billy Napier and Billy Napier shook his head. Yeah, because it's I, I, it's a fact. It's a fact. You. UCF is beating those schools for recruits. As much as you want to say, at the end of the day, this is two, three straight years of UCF beating out for those recruits, regardless of the recruiting classes. Nobody is saying UCF is at the the level of recruiting as Florida State, Florida, Miami. 
But what we're saying is it's only a matter of time before UCF catches up to that type of level. It's only a matter of time. They're in a perfect spot for recruiting. And again, who knows? I did hear a quote, though. I forgot the player. I think it might have been Javon Baker at Big uh, Big 12 Media Day. But he said to somebody, they asked him about the offense and Darren Henshaw stuff. And I know we're off topic a little bit. But he said, it's kind of, and again, I might be wrong on the what if he said it or whatever. But I remember hearing it's kind of a mix between Darren Henshaw's offense and a little bit like Gus's. It's like a 50-50 split. Like there's still Gus's offense in there, but you have a mix of Darren's as well. And again, by all accounts, everybody's speaking so highly of JRP and kind of the leaps he's taken over the spring. Now, granted, like I always say, when you see it in game, we'll see it. But it's good things that we're hearing, which is is the positives, not just with recruiting, but with the season coming up. But that's good for football. Let's quickly talk about basketball. Again, I know where most of our fans are football-based, but Big 12 news out of basketball came out, and we're going to talk two things really quickly. We're going to talk the out-of-conference schedule and then the teams that UCF will be playing in conference, all right? So quickly going to run through the out-of-conference schedule. We're going to talk about that, and then we'll go over to the Big 12. So we got versus FIU at Miami versus Cal State Fullerton. They got the Jacksonville Classic against Charlotte, George Mason, or Akron. Don't know who they're going to play yet. Stetson, Lipscomb, Jacksonville, Mississippi, Maine, Florida A&M, and Bethune-Cookman University. Basically, all home games, there are only two times UCF will go on the road. It's a murderer's row. It's a real murderer's row there. When you hear that, Nick, obviously we we're going to go through the Big Twelve schedule in a second. Not the exact dates, but we're going to play. We're going to say who UCF is playing. Obviously, credit to Johnny Dawkins and credit to staff. Though very boring of a out of conference schedule, I think the staff understands that the out of conference schedule they've been doing the past couple years has been a little challenging, and you're not in the American anymore. And unfortunately, if you did a tough out of conference schedule this season. You might be coming out of the season with maybe 10 wins, if that. So, listen, I know UCF fans, I've been seeing it where they don't love this out-of-conference schedule. They wanted a couple more big-time games. But let's be real here. When you have Kansas coming why? home, I mean, let's be real here. Why? Why? What's, what's the benefit for this program right now? To have a tough out of conference. I think schedule. secretly, like I think said. secretly, a lot of UCF fans want Johnny Dawkins fired, and a tough out of conference schedule fair. would fair. <laughs> but if you're Johnny Dawkins and you're Terry Mahajer and you're the athletic program, Johnny Dawkins needs to win basketball yeah. games. Plain and simple, the program has, in my opinion, is close to bottoming out right now. Right. I think there's a, I mean, is that fair to say? I mean, I think they're on a, a clear downtrend right now. Let's just get that. Is that fair it's, to say? It's fair Am to say face? when you can't get quality freshmen to commit to your program and stay at your program. I, I would say that that's fair assessment. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I've seen enough things this offseason that just have not been great. So the out of conference schedule, you know, I joke there, murderers row. We all know it's, it's, on the surface, it is games at UCF. I'm not going to say should automatically win because I don't think it's a great team. Right, unless they go out there and shock me. But as they're currently constructed, I don't think it's a great team. But you're going to have the better chance to win more often than not against these teams. 
before you get to the out of conference or the in conference schedule, which we know in the Big 12 is going to actually be the murderer's row for the most part. So playing the first two, two and a half months of the season against these, I'll call them cupcakes for the most part, I don't see why that's a bad thing at all. You got to create some momentum yourself, feel good about yourself. Johnny Dawkins has got to get some victories under his belt. So I don't see there's a reason personally to be upset that you're not going to play the big out of conference teams that they've played in the last recent years, because most of those have just turned into losses and it's just not helpful. It's not really helpful at the end of the day. No. And, and I don't mind the out of conference schedule. I mean, if anything, I love it to be completely honest with you, because yeah, if, if we're looking at that schedule, you should win 90% of those games, right? So get those wins when you can. Cause when you get these teams that I'm about to rattle off to you, you'll be lucky to get a couple wins. And no offense to the players on the team, like, for all we know, this could be one of the best teams in UCF basketball history. I mean, some of the transfers that Johnny Dawkins did bring in are quality transfers that, uh, you know, were very coveted in the world of college basketball. But, again, my problem with Johnny Dawkins and this team has been that there's not a cohesive pairing. It's picking a bunch of random pieces every single year and throwing it together because you can't get quality freshmen to come in and stay. You, you can get the one and dones like Taylor Hendricks, right? That's good for your program, but you need those glue guys like Darius Johnson to stay with you for three, four years while also bringing in new freshmen. And then you can bring the transfers in as well. But I think that's the problem, and that's kind of where we are at today. But the Big 12, uh, UCF will play five teams twice and eight teams once. So the home and away opponents that you're getting both home and away that UCF is playing is BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, Texas Tech, West Virginia. Obviously, keeping Houston and Cincinnati kind of on that schedule, playing both at home and away, I love it. I think getting Cincinnati, again, you kind of want to start a little bit of that rivalry. I think they're, I mean, I don't know who's still wanting Houston to work, but Houston, again, a top basketball school. That's going to be a tough game. UCF played them good last year. Um, the ones we're seeing at home only are Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, and Oklahoma, which I think is a win. To only get Kansas at home and not having to travel to Kansas is a positive. Um, and then away only, the teams that will not be coming to Orlando this year are Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas. So Nick, don't get to play Texas in football, and we get to play them in basketball, but they don't come to Orlando. So clearly... The Big 12 is just not wanting Texas to travel to Orlando before they go to the SEC. <laughs> Don't understand it? They're scared to, they're scared to come to Orlando. Uh, I Sean. guess so. I mean, the only 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 thing that they're they're that, pretty huh? scared. Um here's yeah. the thing. I love that Kansas is coming to Orlando. That'll It'll be, fun. be a fun game. That'll be fun. It'll be packed. I I hope I hope we'll actually fill up the stadium with actual UCF fans and not the away fans just traveling down to Orlando for a vacation. But to see a program like, I know we've had Houston the last couple of years, obviously. So that's been again, a great atmosphere, but to see a team like Kansas, who's a blue collar school that they've been at the top of their game for years now in basketball, to see a team like that coming to Orlando and being in a conference like the big 12 for basketball, Though UCF might get obliterated this year, who knows? I still think that's going to be a pinch me moment, not just in football, but basketball, to see some of these schools come to Orlando and be like, okay, we're playing some real dudes now. Like, it's not, you're not getting, now Wichita State at one time was good, but you're not getting the Wichita States coming in 
uh, you're you're getting some real real dogs in the NCAA. So kind of give your take on on the opponents. We obviously don't know the order of play, but I think we would we're definitely going to need to find some tickets to go to some of those games because that's a must at this point. Yeah, the, the Kansas one sticks out. Obviously, Baylor is a pretty good program and has been for a long time. That sticks out. Um, the away opponents is what you know. You mentioned the home opponents. Luckily, they get to play Kansas at home. The away opponents, I gotta tell you, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. And this is just looking at it on the surface level, and it's only July. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if they lose all those games to those away opponents. Not the ones where they play. Not the not the ones in the third group there, like the Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, West Virginia, Texas Tech. But having to play, <coughs> sorry, having to play Texas. Kansas State, TCU, and Oklahoma State away, that's pretty tough, especially those first three of Texas, TCU, and Kansas State. Clearly, Kansas State seems like a team that's here to stay, right, based on what they did in the tournament. Texas is always a player. TCU was in the was in the, the NCAA tournament this year as well. So that's going to be really, really tough for UCF. And again, but that's you go over the schedule, that's what makes the out-of-conference schedule desirable is I don't know how many wins – are on realistically and what how many games is this um what 18 games i want to say if i have my math i mean here? um well no because you have the home and away so that'll they'll play each other twice yeah that's 10 games and four yeah so home. oh so yeah 18, 18 in the big 12 yeah yeah, yeah. i thought you were involved yeah right of, of these 18 games in the big 12 at the surface level i'm thinking what are you lucky five. to win? maybe five six seven yeah best seriously so you really need to chip away the most important months of this team is going to be in october november december if they slip up let's just say they win instead of winning 90 percent of the games against those teams they win like 60 to 70 percent then we have some serious issues here and i'm not looking forward to the big 12 schedule then so i think and i know it's the first year of johnny dawkins and i'm sure the athletic program is going to give him the benefit of the doubt here and we talked about it, how it was important to go into the Big 12 with some continuity, regardless of what you think about Johnny Dawkins' his, his track record and how it's trending down right now. It was important to keep him at least to go into the Big 12. But if you put out a season like that where, let's just say, you win 60 or 70% only of those that November, that October, November, December schedule, and then you have to run to the Big 12, it probably won't be pretty. It probably won't. And then we have to start having the real discussion about Johnny Dawkins. After I know season. some UCF fans might not love this. Um, I actually like Johnny Dawkins. I think I don't know if you'll find a better leader for this team in the country right now than Johnny Dawkins. I When I say I don't think they'll love this, I think it's this. Not that I like Johnny Dawkins. But I personally think that if Johnny Dawkins wins 90% of those October, November, December games and wins five games in the Big 12, I think he gets another year. Like, because at the end of the day, you have to look at it from perspective of, if you fire Johnny Dawkins, say he, like you said, now granted, if he only wins 60% of the first however many games, yeah, you're on the hot seat. Because if you can't beat those teams, you know, that's, you know, I don't know how many recruits you're going to get off that. But if you win, I don't even know, let me really quickly do the the calculation. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So twelve of those out of conference. If you win ten and you're ten and two before the Big Twelve, granted, if you only win five more games, you're like fifteen and and whatever. 
But I think that's way more palpable when you're looking at it if you're about 15 and 15 than if you're 8 and 23. So I think for that sense, you could probably buy Johnny Dawkins another year and have the recruiting pick up. This next recruiting class is huge for Johnny Dawkins. Don't get it twisted. He's got to sign some ballers because that's the name of the Big 12 is you go out and you get two or three or four top guys and that's how you build your team. And if those guys go to the NBA, then you reload with new talent. You're in a conference where, hell, out of the 14 teams this year, you might see 10 in the NCAA tournament. The conference is just that deep. So UCF is primed and ready. Not When I say primed and ready, they're not primed and ready yet. But if you just get some decent classes here, and you just have a little bit of continuity, you have a perfect entryway into that NCAA March Madness tournament. Because you just have to be serviceable. Because if you go, if you're serviceable in the Big 12, you're better than most in the country. In the eyes of March Madness pickers. So, I don't know. I know most people won't like that. But if Johnny Dawkins wins 15 games, including the out-of-conference schedule, you have to keep him. I don't care what anybody says. You're expecting, like all UCF fans are expecting to lose the Big 12 schedule. But if you win four or five games in the Big 12 schedule, I count that as a dub, and you move on to the next season and pick up that recruiting class. Because I look at the, especially you look at the new Big 12, like how many teams can you realistically say that UCF has a better shot to finish West Virginia, maybe. Um, Yeah, because of the turmoil. I mean, maybe BYU. I don't. I don't think their programs that good. Yeah. Cincinnati potentially. Cincinnati has hasn't been. A no, great they're about. Lately. They're kind of even with us a little bit. Um, and then basically everybody else. Yeah. I mean, no, Houston's better. Texas Tech is better. Baylor's better. Iowa State's better. Kansas, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas. Right. Now Oklahoma State's a little suspect. Like we beat them yeah, last but, year, but they're still better than us. Yeah, like to me. I was going to point. That's my point, though. Like I was going to, BYU and Cincinnati were the two teams that I looked at. Where if you finish below both of those teams, and I think that would likely put you at the bottom of the Big Twelve, then I have a hard time. It's almost a hard to justify Johnny Dawkins returning. Yeah. Then, yep, it probably is. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. You just don't finish in the bottom. Or if you're second to last or last, then that might spell a little wrong. But or. Or if you if you do finish that low, you had better put together a great recruiting class by the end of the season. Yeah. Is the flip side of that. To where the administration can go, okay, well, we didn't do well this year, but you know, it was the first year, but look at this recruiting class we come in and we don't want to break it up and we need it at least for one year. So we'll run it back then. But so that's why this becomes really the most pressurized season, I think, that Johnny Dawkins has had here at UCF so far. And the best thing is, Knights fans, if you just get one or two top 120 recruits. I mean, that's all you need. In college basketball, they play right away. So it's not like they're going to sit a year. The guys that you sign, yeah, and and you need and you need continuity. You do need I think the way college basketball is going, especially look at the final four, it's a lot it wasn't really the one and done players that are winning. That those are not the teams that are winning national championships for the most part anymore. It's those teams that have those continuity and, you know, we've seen here at UCF, it's been a lot of in and out, in and out, transfer portal, transfer portal. You got to have continuity if you want to, in my opinion, do anything in the current landscape of, of college basketball. And I'm not going to say that 
UCF is Duke. But what I'm trying when I'm saying this, just understand the caveat. Duke, for example, had, I don't know, four NBA draft picks. They always have a bunch, right? But Kyle Filipowski stays. He stayed, and I think one more guy stayed. Um, but you have a guy that could have went to the NBA, and he stayed, right? So they, even though they're having a bunch of top recruits that are going to, you know, come and join the team, they have one or two guys that stayed on the roster to have the continuity, where you know that guy, they could be a leader, Darius Johnson is that for UCF, but besides that, if he left for some reason, it's all new guys. Last year was a bunch of new guys. So if Johnny Dawkins can get that continuity just a little bit and start recruiting well, UCF can really hit the ground running quickly. You just got to get some of those top guys. And again, just like in football, you're in Orlando, you're in the Big 12. It should be easy to recruit for basketball. I mean, who wouldn't want to play? Like at this point, it's basketball is more of a conference-heavy recruiting thing than football. Because basketball, guys pick based off the conference. Because they know if I go to the Big 12, I'm playing tougher competition. I do better, I get drafted higher. Depending on the type of player you are. So, I know we've gone way too much with basketball, but it can go quickly. But we'll see. I mean, October rolls around. We'll see kind of what Johnny Dawkins can do and how quickly he can get potentially out of hand. But I've got faith in the coaching staff. i got faith in Johnny and um, we'll definitely, we'll see how that goes. But Nick, any final thoughts before we end episode 59? Next week is episode 60 of the Charge On podcast. Yeah, we're rolling around. Um, we'll see if I make it back next week. We'll see. We'll see. I won't take myself out of the running so far for this week. I'll I'll keep myself open. But uh, but no, I mean, like we covered it there. Hopefully that we get something here done with Jalen Hayward. Hopefully sooner rather than later. That would be great. Uh, and we continue this boom train that we're on. I mean, if you're a UCF fan, like I said, we are living in the the apex, in my opinion. I know 2017, 2013, whatever. But in terms of stability, being in the Big 12 and putting together top-notch recruiting classes, just general interest, being in the national eye, all those things, we are living in the absolute peak of UCF football. So let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy and it's it. the first time we have off seasons where we don't have to worry about our coach taking another job or, or leaving. So it's you have stability and it's it's nice. Gus wasn't lying. If a coach stay here stays here and, and builds it, God, what can happen? And it's looking pretty good. All right, guys, thank you so much as always for tuning in to the Charge On podcast. We really do appreciate. As always, please subscribe. You guys are doing great with this. Subscribing, comment, tell us if you don't believe that the basketball team will suck that'd be great to know if there's a couple ucf fans that actually believe that so please comment down below and keep supporting the channel as much as you possibly can we really do appreciate it all right guys this has been charge on presented by bet online we will see you next week Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.